especially with the weather going the direction it's going. We appreciate you all being here. And uh, I know quite a few are not here, but uh, there's a fair few that ventured out as well. And we appreciate you appreciate you coming out. What key were you in? Let's go to it. Let's sing, There is none like you. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity, Lord, and I'd find there is none like you. Sing it again. Lord, there is none like you. can touch my heart like you do. 
I could search for all eternity, Lord, and I'd find there is none like you. There is none like can touch my heart like you do and I could search I could search for all eternity Lord and I'd find there is none like you sing it out now one more time oh Lord there is none like can touch my heart like you do I could search for all eternity Lord and I'd find there is none like you Amen There's truly none like Him Let's sing that song I love you Lord I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my before the Lord. Uh, Brother Chris Clable will have you come pray for these if you would. We want to remember um, Brother Joe Pascal in prayer. Uh, as of the last update we'd read, he's, he's um, coming home. He's making good progress, but just continue to hold him up in prayer. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they would appreciate that immensely. We also want to continue to remember Sister uh, 
Sister Karen's granddaughter in prayer. God knows that need. We also want to continue to remember Brother Holloway. We uh, appreciate him being here tonight, but uh, his health concerns are ongoing, and we just want to hold him up in prayer. We also want to remember Brother Barry and Sister Becky um, as they're uh, they're taking some time off and doing a bit of a give getaway. So we'll want to pray that they get to relax and have. Just the Lord's hand of mercy upon them while they're traveling. Uh, We want to remind everybody just to be careful tonight going home as you're driving. Uh, Conditions are supposed to be getting icy tonight and tomorrow, so bear that in mind. Brother Chris, if you would come take these before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once again for this opportunity that we could gather together in your house with saints of like precious faith to come together to learn about you and worship you, Lord. Fathers, we've heard the needs. We ask that you would be with your people. Lord, be with those that need a healing touch from you, whether it's physical or mental or spiritual, Lord. Father, we ask that you would be with our pastor as he's taking a little bit of time to get away with his wife to relax. Pray that you would give him the rest that he needs. Lord, I just ask that you would be with the minister this evening. Lord, give him a special word. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Draw us closer to you as our prayer. Lord, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's sing that song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. So hold 
church. Amen. Good to see everyone out this evening. Appreciate your presence. Appreciate his presence. Amen. I tell you, I uh, this is my first time preaching in a month. As a matter of fact, the last service I did was here for a virtual streaming service back in January. And uh, I came in at night. It was just me and Brother Jeremy and my wife and his daughter. And uh, I walked in from the car and had to stop and have a seat in the back to catch my breath before I came into the pulpit. Things were getting kind of bad, so we uh, canceled all of the services for about a month following that. So this is my first time back. So uh, I would appreciate your prayers and appreciate you pulling them. We're supposed to be doing two services in Tennessee this coming weekend, so you're going to give me a chance to sort of get loose again. <laughs> so I appreciate your help. I'm not going to prolong the time. I'm asking if you have your Bibles to turn me to the book of Joshua. Lord willing, we're just going to try to finish the thought that we had the last time we were here back in January for that streaming, the virtual service. We'll see if we can finish the start. We started that evening. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Appreciate Brother Barry again giving us opportunity. I understand he's taking a little trip to get some R&R, which he's, I'm sure, well deserving of. As most pastors, they work hard to serve his people. Let's buy his word of prayer. Dear Lord, we give you thanks tonight for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your friendship. We thank you for your fellowship. We thank you for your atonement, Lord, that washed away all of our sins. And Lord, also give us healing for our body, redemption for a new body, redemption for a new heaven and for a new earth. For Lord, it all lies in that great day at Calvary. And Lord, tonight we come in the precious name of Jesus Christ, asking us simply and humbly as we know how. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, I know you're here. Lord, I know you've come for a purpose, and it's to be with us that you might be able to reveal your word to us, that we can recognize your presence, and we can draw from it, Lord, all that you've given us, all that you've promised us, all that our life has need of right now, Lord. It's here if we can just recognize it and draw on it. So, Lord, tonight I pray that you would help me to recognize your presence and step out of the way. Help me to yield my body, 
my soul, my spirit, the gift that you've given me, that you may use it tonight for the speaking to your people, for the gift that you placed there. And, Lord, may they recognize your presence. May they go beyond a veil and not look at Brother Holloway or the man standing in the pulpit. But, Lord, tonight may they recognize your presence and may they draw from you, Lord, what they have need of. Bless your people. Those that are present, those that may be streaming, Lord, distance doesn't matter. But, Lord, I believe your spirit is present there as well, and they can draw from the same El Shaddai if they'll just believe. Lord, bless the service. Bless Brother Barry, O God, in his absence. Lord, may he get the much-needed rest he deserves. May it be a time of refreshing. And may you speak with him, Lord, even though he's resting in him from the ministry to take a break, Lord. May your spirit be there just to revive him. And, Lord, to give him what he has need of, revelation, inspiration, for when he returns back to feed his flock. Lord, bless him. Lord, we commit all things into your hand, and we ask your grace in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's look at Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. And uh, we're going to start with verse 1. Joshua 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan and die with all his people unto the land which I give to them, even unto the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness, this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down in the sun shall be your coast. There should not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wheresoever thou goest. This book shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Just bow our heads once again. Dear Lord, we've read your word. Lord, as an educated man with a school and education, that's about all we can do. But may the interpreter come tonight. May you give us the understanding. And most of all, Lord, may you manifest your word. We give you thanks and we ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight I'd like to pick up on part two of where we were a month ago and continue on with the thought of a perfect faith. I'd like to turn your attention back, if you still have your Bibles open, back to Joshua chapter 1. I'd like to focus on verse 5. For there should not be, listen, for there should not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. That's a pretty powerful testimony. He didn't say you'll be victorious in one battle, you'll be victorious in some battles. He said, but if thou can't believe, there'll not be a man that'll be able to stand before thee as long as there's breath in your body. That was the promise that God gave to Joshua. Listen to this. As I was with Moses, and this is the reason why Joshua was to have such authority. 
As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, neither will I forsake thee. Joshua was actually receiving a commission from God. God was speaking to him and telling him what his ministry was about to enter into. And then with the commission, God gave Joshua a promise. It was a great promise. That promise was that I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. In the message, as I was with Moses, Brother Banner made a statement. He said, what a consolation that must have been to Joshua. Because as we look through the scripture, we can see that Moses was a man. And as with every man, we as human beings, we make mistakes. And Moses made many mistakes in his ministry. Some were small, some were not so small, as in smiting a rock the second time. But Brother Branham said, but what God did was he told Moses the success of his ministry wasn't upon Moses' ability, nor was it upon Moses' righteousness, nor was it upon Moses' perfection, but it was on a commission that God had given Moses to fulfill his word. God was going to achieve something, and he only chose Moses as a tool he wanted to use to achieve his purpose. So what Moses was doing wasn't based upon Moses' ability. What was happening in Moses' ministry was based upon God using Moses to achieve his word for that hour. Are you following me? And now you've got Joshua coming into a ministry, and God is telling Joshua the same thing. Don't let your courage be in yourself. Don't let your strength be in yourself. Don't let your confidence be in yourself, because as a human being, you will make mistakes. But I want you to understand one thing. Even though you will make mistakes, you may fail me, but I will never fail you. That's the confidence of a true believer. Now, I want you to watch this. Moses had a ministry, and Moses' ministry was based upon God's promise to Abraham. It was not just an ordinary ministry, but it was a ministry that was found that it was in the word of God. It was a ministry that had been predestinated and that generation upon generation had passed by. And there were people looking for this ministry. Why? Because the ministry was according to prophecy. It was according to God's word that one day this ministry would come. So I want you to watch this. And it came to pass that the people actually, when they got ready for revival, their hearts started crying out. They knew for generation from generation this ministry was coming. But there came a day where the people really were under desperation and burden. And they began to cry out, Lord, send this deliverer. Lord, send this deliverer. Why? Because they knew by the word he was coming. And the prophet was also in the spirit of revival. Moses was as well because Moses had tried one time to deliver the people, but he had failed and failed miserably. And so when he went to the backside of the desert, Brother Branham said God took 40 years to beat Moses' theology out of him to get Moses ready so that he too would be ready for revival. Why? Not based upon his own ability or his own theology, but he was going to be ready for revival when he met that pillar of fire in that burning bush. Are you following me? And so Moses had failed in his ministry and he had gone on the backside of the desert, but God didn't forget his promise. And so God came to Moses and he had to show Moses where he made his failure. Moses made his failure because, listen, he put his confidence in the wrong place. We all have something we want to do in life. We all have something we like to achieve in life, both naturally and spiritually. And if you want to be a success in life, you got to find out what does it take to be a success at the thing you're trying to do. I kind of like the sermon that Brother Barry preached on Sunday, and he was speaking on marriage. For those of us that are married, there's a certain way to approach it if you want success as a married couple. And for those of you that are looking to be married one day, there's a certain way to approach looking and finding a spouse. So you follow me. But if you want to be success in marriage, there is a right way to approach it. And as he brought out, God has provided a way in this hour for us to know by the word exactly what is that right way to approach it. Well, the same thing was true with Moses. In order for Moses to be a deliverer, there was going to 
be a right way to approach that ministry as a deliverer, and Moses approached it the wrong way. The way Moses approached it was he approached it by what he had learned through the education of the Egyptians. He had learned to be a man of war. He had learned to be what it was like to face obstacles and overcome them. And he thought by that education, he could take that same education and apply it to the ministry of Almighty God and deliver God's people. But we find out that he was not able to do it. Why? He approached it wrong. He approached it by the way that he had learned from the Egyptians. But God in the backside of a desert, Brother Bam said, in five minutes' time, was able to teach Moses more in five minutes than he had ever learned in years of schooling from the education. Why? He showed him that this ministry was a prophecy of the word, and there's only one way it'll ever come to pass. It'll be by the same God that gave the word. It'll take his grace and his power to bring that promise to pass. And that was a lesson for all of us to learn. Don't try to approach this last hour promise by anything that we can do other than have faith in God's word that he's going to perform exactly what he said he's going to do. Moses had put his confidence in the wrong thing. But what he needed to do was put his confidence in the word. Because if we're going to be successful in God's ministry, that goes for all of us, and the bride does have a ministry. If we're going to be successful in God's ministry, there's only one way to be successful, and it's going to be by faith in the word that he's given. For Bible says without faith, what? It's impossible to please him. There's only one way to approach it, and that's by faith. So I want to talk about faith tonight. And when I want to talk about a perfect faith. In order for faith to be perfect then that faith has to be based upon something that's perfect. If it's going to be a perfect faith, it has to be based upon something that's perfect. And there's only one thing that's perfect, and the only perfect thing that I know of is God, and, and God is the Word. So in order for us to have perfect faith, then we have to have faith in God, and we have to have faith in His Word, because that's the only thing that we have that is what? Perfect. It's a perfect word from a perfect God, and if we stand on it, we'll be standing upon a perfect faith. That word was given to man, to you and I, for a purpose. It was given to us that we might know God's will and then live by it. For the word of God is God's will in written form. Brother Brandon says this in the message, there's only one provided there's only one way provided by God for anything. He says, his word is always the truth. Always the truth. His believing children believe for it. They cry for it until his word is vindicated. And his word is always his will. If you want to know what the will of God is, find it in the Bible. So now we're here for a ministry, we're here for a purpose, and there's only one way to serve that purpose, and that's by God's word, because God's word was given as the way to know what his will is, as Moses made the mistake of trying to use Pharaoh's education, what the bride is learning day by day, hour by hour, is not to lean on my education, but to lean more and more on God's word. God, give me grace each day to have faith to recognize what is it in your word that you're trying to show me? What is it in his word that you want me to do? What is in this word that you ordain me to achieve? And we realize the only way we're going to be successful in our ministries of bride is the revelation has to come from the word of God. So God's word is his will. And the perfect word was given to man to produce a perfect faith. 
Now, how does his faith work? Faith works on the subconscious man. Not the mental side or the outer consciousness, what we would call the first consciousness, but faith works on what is called the subconscious, because that's the way God made us as human beings. Faith begins in the subconscious, and faith begins as a thought. Now, I want you to catch this. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. What is the word of God? Brother Branham said the word of God is his thoughts expressed. And so as we're reading the word, we understand something. We're not just reading the letters of a man that wrote book after book as you would with a novel. These are men that were moved by the Holy Spirit that what? Caught the thoughts of God. Before they were ever the word, they caught the thoughts of God by revelation and they wrote them in the Bible or they spoke them and then they became the word. But before they became the word, they were the thoughts of God in mind. And God had a man that on earth that was able to catch his thoughts. And when that man caught God's thoughts and put them in word form, now we have the word. As we call the Bible. Now there was a theophany word before there was ever a Bible. But when I'm talking about the word in that context, I'm referring to this book here that I'm holding in my hand. That we call the Holy Scriptures. This book, this word came as men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? So in order for there to be faith, in order for there to be a revelation, it comes from a thought first. Are you following me? And then the thought becomes the word. So as we're reading God's word, we're actually catching his thoughts. And the thoughts that we should be trying to catch, Brother Bradham said, is not the thoughts of what God wanted to achieve in Noah's day. Not the thoughts of what he wanted to achieve in Moses' day. Not even the thoughts he wanted to achieve on the day of Calvary. Tonight, what we want to catch is what are the thoughts of God that God has purposed for this generation? What is it he wants to achieve? What is it he's thinking about? And if we want to know what he's thinking about, if we want to know what he wants to achieve, it's written right here in the Word. And most specifically, the Word of the age. And that's what I love about the Bible. Brother Bradham's Talked about his ministry identifying with Malachi 4. What does Malachi 4 says? Behold, I send you, Elijah the prophet. Why did God send you the prophet? Somebody that could catch God's thoughts and put them in word form that you and I could understand. What is the will of God for my generation? Now I want you to watch this. It begins as a thought. And that thought is something that resonates with your subconscious. And that subconscious man begins to say, I believe that can happen. Are you following me? The subconscious man catches a thought and something in that man says, you know what? Something about that thought, I believe it can happen. That's called faith. And I want you to watch this. Because faith gives the person the assurance. It's not dealing with your natural mind. This man here, one to one day, he's a, he's a double-minded man. One day he believes, the next day he's not sure. One day he believes, the next day he's not sure. But Brother Brown said, this man down here only has one sense, and that sense that dominates it is either faith or doubt. And if that faith dominates that man, he's not back and forth. He's not double-minded. Once he believes, he locks in. Once that word goes inside that man, he's locked in. This man up here might bounce back and forth, but there's an anchor down here to anchor the soul. It says, amen, I've got it. I want you to watch this. Faith gives an assurance, and that assurance gives us something that we believe, and that thought now has a dwelling place that's inside the inner man. It becomes, the Bible calls it a substance. There's something down in the soul that actually has come in contact with you, and you believe it, and you know it's there. 
Now, I want you to hold your seat for a minute. I'm going to turn a little corner here. That faith that we're talking about tonight, faith is something that's an inner assurance, but it doesn't always come by the word. Now, I'm going to let that soak for a little bit. It doesn't always come by the word. There's people that have an inner assurance that have not heard the word. Are you following me? Now, I want you to watch this. Watch what Brother Bama says in unfailing words of promise. Faith is by hearing the word, the word of promise. But listen to this next statement. But if you don't have a promise, then you venture out upon your own faith. So now we receive faith by the word. That's true. But Brother Bama said, but now what if you don't have the word? He said, now you're venturing out on your own faith. Now, I want you to watch this. So now we're dealing with two types of faith. There's God's faith by his word, and then there's your faith. I want you to watch how the prophet explains this. And this other faith, this human faith, is not an imagination. It's just as real to the person as the word of God faith is to a person. I want you to watch this. But if you can take the promise of God, that's God's promise to you. But the woman that touched his garment had no promise of that. Here's a woman that's actually got faith, and by this faith she's going to be healed, yet she's got not one scripture to put her hand on and say, because Moses said, because Isaiah said, because Zechariah said. She had not one scripture, but she had faith to believe if I touch his garment, it's going to happen. Watch what Brother Brown says. Brother Bam says that woman that touched his garment had no promise of that, but her faith without a promise, she got her healing. So there is a faith that can materialize that is not even on the scripture. Brother Brown said if she can do that without the word, how much more you and I as the bride, how much can we do with the word? Are you following me? I'm talking about a perfect faith. Something that's based upon an anchor that cannot be moved. I want you to watch this. She had faith, and her faith began with the thought. In the message of the angel of the Lord, 1951, Brother Bram says, Like the woman with the issue of blood, he's going back and talking about the same situation. She'd done many things, has spent all her living with doctors, done all they could do to heal her. But she said within her heart, not her head, In her subconscious, it began with the thought, she said, not the word said, she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And faith in what she said in her heart materialized the promise because she believed it. And God honored what she believed. Now I want you to watch this. But she said in her heart, if I can touch his garment, I'll be made whole. She had no word, but she had a thought, and she believed that thought. Now, let me go a little bit further. I want to give you another example of faith apart from the word, what I'm going to call human faith. Brother Branham talks about this in the message. He doesn't give it a terminology. I'm calling it human faith because I've got to have some way to articulate it to you. But you can see time and time again throughout the message, Brother Branham talks about these examples where people act on faith, but yet it's apart from the word. 
But what did the message of the hour come to do? Because it's in human nature to do things. We dabble in this and we dabble in that. It's in our nature to explore, to express, and, to exp- and, and, and different things. But, but God in his hour sent us a message because in order to have rapturing faith, we can't have rapturing faith based upon your faith and based upon my faith. In order to have rapturing faith, it's got to be based upon something perfect. And there's only one perfect thing, and that's the word. So this message of Malachi 4 came to train a bride. Turn back to the word and let your faith rest on the word and rest upon the word only. Now I want you to watch this. Faith has the same nature whether it's human faith or divine faith. What is that nature? Faith causes people to believe in something that they can't see. She could not see the healing. She could not even see Christ when the thought came to her. Brother Bram said she had to get up and go find him. It wasn't based on what she can see. Something materialized in her heart, and she said to herself, if I can find him and get in his presence and touch him, I'll have what I want. And that became a faith to her. Faith is not based upon what you can see. Faith is based upon what you believe. It causes people to believe something, and they begin to act on what they believe. By faith, Noah did this. By faith, Enoch did this. What was it? Faith is an action that comes upon the person, and once you receive that faith, it changes your thinking, and when your thoughts begin to change, your actions begin to change. Brother Bannon said it like this. If a person said, I'm a Christian, and lived the same kind of life, he said, something's wrong with that experience. Because if you have a real experience as a Christian, something about you has to change with that revelation. You cannot be the same person and have a revelation that God has died for your sins. Or it may not make you a perfect person in terms of your daily actions. Brother Bam said, the real believer backslides every day. But something in you now has a different thought inside of you, and you're striving based upon the thought that's been revealed to you. Now I want you to watch this. In the message, faith is a substance. Brother Bam says, and I said, now if you believe with all your heart, he's talking about a young girl now. He met her. You all probably remember the testimony. At least many of you do, I'm sure. She had been bedridden for nine years and hadn't been up. It was very feeble. And she belonged to a church of Christ. Her family did. But she had read the little book about Brother Branham and heard a testimony about another young girl that was healed. And she asked if Brother Branham could come pray for her. And Brother Branham, she's about to die from appendicitis. And she doesn't have enough life left in her to make it to a doctor. And so Brother Branham is trying his best as a servant to try to get her faith to a spot to receive healing because he knows all she's got is intellect. She's like Moses. She read the book. She's heard the testimonies, but it ain't going no further than this, this right up here, the top of her head. Brother Brown realizes something's got to change her environment. Something's got to bring her to a place to where her subconscious becomes conscious that God is present and that, this, and that the power is available for her if she can receive it. Now, I want you to watch this. He said, now, you believe with all your heart, he said, and prove to me now that you got faith. He said, now you look right directly at that bracelet and it hanging there in midair. He said, you take that bracelet, swing it around in the room. He said, then you make it swing back and forth in the room and stop it. And I believe you have faith. She said, oh, Brother Branham, my, why ask me something like that? I said, I wanted to see if you have faith. I said, Jesus said all things are possible to them that believe. 
if you believe you can do it, listen, then you can do it if you really have faith in what you believe. I want to show you this. He says, now, Brother Brown said, that's just pure faith, my friends. Magicians use it many times to play pranks and so forth. So in other words, to have faith that you can move an object, to have faith that you can use your mental powers to focus on an object and move it, that's not the word of God. Brother Bram said magicians use that to do magic tricks. He said some of them will look at a glass long enough and stare at it until their thought can get so strong that they believe that glass will shatter and the glass shatters right in their eyes. He said, what is it? He said, it's their faith because they believe, listen, they can do it. If they can do that without the word of God. Listen to me, church. I'm going to repeat it again. What can you and I do tonight by the word of God? If we'll let that word of God come upon us the same way that their intellect will give them faith to believe in the foolishness of that, how much more you and I will take the word of God as a promise and say, Lord, I believe it and I'll not accept nothing contrary to it. Listen, faith, whether a man is whether faith, whether is of man or of God is based upon what you believe. And it starts with a thought. And I believe, listen, I believe I can Burst that glass is what a magician might say. And if he believes it and he really has faith to believe it, his faith will burst that glass. Let me give you one more example of a human's ability to believe. The message returned in Jubilee, 1962. Brother Bram said, you know, there was a man one time who wanted to write. And then he kind of there's a break here in the message. He said, thought he could he could write comic strips. Probably know who I'm getting ready to talk about. He had a thought. His thought was, I can write comic strips. The man probably had never written a comic strip in all of his life, but he had a thought. Some of you tonight may have said, I've never had a miracle before in my life in all my life. But if you tonight can catch a thought, you were made by the miracle working God to be an attribute of his existence manifested on earth at this age, that he, by your being, could manifest his ability in your mortal body. Catch that thought tonight. Let that resonate somewhere in your subconscious. Lord, you're talking about me now. I'm a part of the supernatural being, and I was created on earth that you might come down in this generation and have an agent by which you can express yourself so whatever power he has, he can roll that power through you so all things become possible if You can what? Believe. I want you to watch. He thought he could write comic strips. No one would accept his ability, and finally he began to write some little editorials for a church. He got out, listen, in a little old rat-infested garage, and listen, to write some stories. And no one would receive them, and every newspaper turned them down and said, He didn't have, listen, he didn't have the ability. How many times Satan tried to tell you that? How many times Satan tried to tell me that? What are you trying to do this for? You don't have the ability. And I'll tell you right now, no, I don't have the ability, but I have the potentials. I say it again. I have the potentials. What potentials? I'm a son of God. I'm an attribute of God. I was created by God for his glory. I have within me the potentials. 
And by faith, when I can yield those potentials to him, he's able to do it for me far above what I can think or ask. And the same is true with you tonight. They didn't think that he had the ability to write those comic strips. No one would receive him. Every newspaper turned them down. And he didn't even have the ability. But yet, he believed he did. The magazines turned him down. The newspaper turned him down. Every editorial turned him down. They said, sir, your comic strips are worthless. You don't have the ability to be a cartoonist. But Brother Brown said, but he believed. Why? Because he had the thought. Listen. And he continued on and on. And he began, listen, to notice a peculiarity of a certain little mouse that was in the garage. And there's the story of Mickey Mouse was born. And Walt Disney, now millions and millions of dollars that his company or whatever it is is worth. Because he believed that there was something in him pulsating. You can't do it. You can't do it. Why try? You, 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 you're not the bride of Christ. You, you, you're not even worthy to call yourself a church member or a Christian. Maybe a church member, not a Christian. But even though Satan talks that kind of crazy talk, something inside is pulsating. Somebody's the bride of Christ. God's word is true. I know he's going to have a bride in this hour because God's words never fail. But yet there's something in me that's hungering for it. I see my faults. I see my shortcomings. But there's something still pulsating. What is that? That's a little something on the inside of the inside that has nothing to do with your mind, that has nothing to do with what you can understand, that has nothing to do with your reason. And Brother Bam said, where did it come from? God put it there. Because he needed somebody in his age that had an antenna on the inside that when he begins to speak, it will pulsate. It says, I pick up a vibe. I pick up something in the air. There's something moving. I don't understand it, but there's something in me pulsating. Are you following? I want you to watch this. And if a man can do that by the natural, what about a man that's been pulsating by the Holy Spirit that believes that God wants his achievement to be brought to his people? I believe God has achievement that he wants to bring out to his people. And I believe that that pulsation is telling me, Brother Mike, keep pressing. You're one of them. It's a faith building. And it's not building upon my ability. It's not building on my perfectness, because in my perfection as a minister, as a man, I fail him so many times that many times I want to throw in the mantle and say, Lord, I quit. And as soon as I throw it down, something starts pulsating. He said, you know what? Remember Moses? And all of a sudden, the revelation starts to, starts to burn like Jeremiah said, fire in my bones. And I go grab that mantle and say, I got to preach it. Why? Because it's not me. If it were me, I'd have quit a long time ago. Brother Branham tried many times to quit. He tried to commit suicide several times. He, as a man, wanted to give up. Even after the seals were open, he wanted to go become a trapper in the mountains and said, I'm giving up on the ministry. I'll become an Old Testament prophet. But something kept pulsating. There was a purpose of God to be achieved, and he was elected for that purpose. And no matter how much the man wanted to quit, it wasn't the man that was moving. There was something inside the man that was moving him. 
And if you say tonight I have nothing inside, move with me. I say tonight in the service, pray God, say, God, forgive me. If there's something unbelief that's preventing your Holy Spirit from reaching my subconscious, Lord, forgive me tonight. Give me something on the inside, a revelation that I can believe that you're dealing with me and that you're calling me. Are you following me? It's a pulsation. Not something you created. Something that God has created inside of you. And why is he doing it? To bring you to a perfect faith. Now listen. He said, what about a man that's been pulsated by the Holy Spirit that believes three things now. First, he's been pulsated by the Holy Spirit. Not his efforts. God's efforts. And he's been pulsating and he believes, listen, what God wants to achieve to his people. And listen, the last and most important part, and will stay. This is where perfect faith comes in with the scriptures. You see, people see the promise of God by the word. But the reason many of them don't have success all the time is because they don't stay with the word. You can have some success outside the word, here and there, hit a little and there a little, just hit and miss, so to speak. But if you really want to have some good success all the time, there's only one way to be 100%. It's got to be by the word. Brother Bradham in his own ministry, after he would preach, he would stop and talk to the people. He said, you know what I'm waiting on. He knew as a man he had no ability to do what was about to take place. He had no ability to run a discernment line. But he knew if he waited for the presence of God to come by that angel, he knew that it wouldn't be his ability. It would be the supernaturalist now present. Are you following me? If we can learn to believe the word and then wait on God to send his presence to confirm that word, you never have one thing to feel about. You could be like Joshua. There'll not be a demon. I'll say it boldly. There'll not be a demon that'll stand before you all the days of your life. Why? Because you're not standing upon your faith. You're standing upon a perfect faith, on a perfect word from a perfect God. Let me keep going. Notice God's program. Three things. A pulsation from the Holy Spirit that causes you to believe that there's an achievement of God to be brought to this people. And we're going to get there because we promise, or not promise, we're committed to staying with the word. That is what I believe the message came to do. To train us as believers how to rely upon the word and that only. And that word of God becomes the focus of the bride. Not the word in terms of a letter. How well we can explain it. How well we can talk about the seven seals. How well we can talk about the church ages. I love those things. And I think that they may sometimes, I love to hear them preached on. But those things are only to bring us to a consciousness of where we are right now and what God wants to do right now. Brother Brown said, man is always looking back to what God done before. He's always looking to what God's going to do. But the elect catches a revelation of what God is doing right now. Are you following me? Let me keep moving. And the word reveals to her. And that is the only way that she reaches the promises of God's achievement for the age is by that word that's revealed to her. I got to speed this up. It's getting late. 
Now, let me bring another stinger. Just because God reveals something by his word does not mean that person has a revelation. Say, oh, revealed to me by the word. Let me show you an example. Did not God reveal to Cain how to offer the right sacrifice? God came to him personally and talked to Cain and said, you want to know how to be accepted? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to reveal it to you. You saw what your brother did? Just do what your brother did. Cain walked away from that conference with God knowing exactly the will of God, exactly what to do. But did Cain have a revelation? Brother Bradham said, no. What did God do when God spoke to Cain before Cain walked off? God told Cain, before you leave, I got one more thing I want to say to you. If you don't do it, there's only one reason. Sin lies at the door. That means something inside of you rejected the revelation when God was trying to pour it out on you. So God can pour out a revelation, but a man, if he's not willing to accept the revelation, he can hear it. But as a free moral agent, we have the right, if we want to, to reject what God is revealing. What's happening right now around the world? You're seeing it all over the place. People that have served this message for years are now starting to what? Reject it. What does it show? No revelation. It showed there was a knowledge of the word. But without the revelation, eventually you will reject God's will and you'll follow your own. Faith, Brother Bram said, means more to the bride than perhaps you realize. He said, I'm not talking about the book of Revelation. I'm talking about all Revelation. He said, it's tremendously important to the church. Why? Faith is the only thing that God gives to us to know exactly what he wants, to know exactly what his will is. And when you really want to catch a revelation, what is the revelation when you're willing to drop your own ideas, when you're willing to drop your own thoughts about something, and you're willing to take God's thoughts first? Now you're moving into a revelation. Let me skip some of this for time's sake. We said earlier that God's word was his will in letter form. Then what is faith? Faith is the key to unlock that will. And the message, look, Brother Bram says this. Now listen real close to this remark. Faith. Faith. Now don't forget to get this now. Faith is designed to see what God wills and wants. Faith, the key of faith, God designed it to unlock the word to see what God wills and wants. Brother Branham said this about the Pharisees. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter, chapter 4, verse 1, it said, or verse 2, it said that the children of Israel heard the gospel preached by Moses. But it did them no good because it was not mixed with what? Faith. Which was just like Cain. It shows that you can hear the vindicated word. But without faith with that vindicated word, the revealed vindicated word didn't do them any good. I want you to watch this. You say, well, that was that generation 2,000 or or so many thousand years ago. When Jesus Christ came 2,000 years later, do you realize the Pharisees were suffering from the same unbelief and didn't know it? They were reading the same words of that prophet Moses that their their fathers heard preached. See, when Moses was still here, he was preaching it. But then after Moses was gone, it was put into the books of the law. And then their fathers began to read that law. But they didn't realize that they were reading the law, the same blindness that their fathers did when it was being preached. And to prove that they didn't understand what they were reading, even though they were reading the books of the prophet, when Jesus Christ came, they looked at Christ and looked at the prophecy and said, oh, that ain't him. 
Are you following me? So faith has to be something that goes along with the word that we're receiving. And faith unlocks the thing. And faith says, now I see it and I believe it. And because you believe it, something in you tells you it will happen. I don't care how long it takes. It will happen. Why? Because God said so. (laughs) I love that. Is that all you got, Brother Mike? Yes, because God said so. And Brother Bram said, if God said anything, it has to come to pass. And if it don't come to pass, then God did not say it. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But not one jot or tittle of anything that our God has ever said. Everything must come to pass because God said so. And he's not a man that he should lie. I'm trying to get us to have confidence in something. I want us tonight to have confidence in something. Not ourselves. Not a church. Not even a ministry. I want you to have confidence in yourself. I hope you got confidence in the church you're attending. And I definitely got confidence in the ministry of Malachi 4. But there's a confidence higher than that. It's when God comes and gives you that key. Many will follow Malachi 4 and be lost because they had their confidence in the wrong thing. But if you ever get the key and hear what Malachi 4 said, you see what he said differently. Something in that ministry becomes unlocked to you. It's called faith. It goes with that word. And you say, I see it now. And you stand on that revelation. Let me keep reading. Faith is designed to see what God wills and wants. There is no knowledge that can do that. Faith alone is designed and give to the human race to find out what the will of God is. And you take your faith that you got and it don't focus on the word, then leave it alone. You got the wrong faith. You see what he's trying to bring the bride back to? Faith, but not our faith. Faith that rests upon the word. Let me keep going. When we believe the word that we receive, it causes us to have confidence. Confidence that that word would happen. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, she had confidence. Something inside her pulsated. Something tells us it's going to happen. Why? Because we know God said so. And it's, and it's his good will. Listen, oh, I love this. And we know it's his good will or his good pleasure to do it. God says something by his word because Brother Branham said every word of God spoken, there's something he wants to achieve by that word. He said it's not like us, like man, when we say things and we take it back and we try to correct it. He said, but every spoken word of God is spoken with a purpose, something God wants to achieve. And when God gave a message to this age that could be a mouthpiece that he could speak to you and I, behold, I send you Elijah. I tell my wife this quite frequently. I said, God's that ministry of Malachi 4 was a gift to you. If you got a problem, listen to those tapes, read your Bible, pray. Are you following me? Seek God's word, whatever child you can get. But that message of Malachi 4, the things that he's saying right now is helping me overcome this battle in my own body. By his stripes, I've already been healed. And I've got to thus say the Lord that walks me down the line. A brother Mike, this is what the word said concerning you. Apply it and it will bring forth his results. Are you following me? 
And it don't just work for healing. It works for salvation. It works for the new birth. It works for receiving the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? It works for any promise, any divine thing you need. If you can see it in the word and apply it correctly by faith, it will every time bring the results. Brother Bram said, what does it? The right mental attitude toward any divine promise. Are you following me? The bride is walking on divine promises, not human faith. Human faith can bring some results, but it's hit and miss. But divine faith from a divine God in a divine word is perfect. Jesus Christ said it's so perfect that the gates of hell cannot, cannot prevail against it. It will succeed every time. Brother Brandon said it was so powerful. Jesus Christ's faith in the word that when he faced Satan on those three great attacks, he wanted to show us don't look for some great gift. He said, have confidence in what God said. And when Satan tried to attack him, all he did was go back to the word and said, it is written. It is written. It is written. He said, and all Satan could do is back up and back up and back up. <laughs> it didn't just work for him. It'll work for you and I. Let me keep going. See if I can wind this up. At least for tonight. Let's look at it, Abraham as an example. Then I'm going to jump to Joshua and I'm going to let you go. Yeah, we've got a few more minutes by God's grace. Look at Abraham. Romans chapter 4. If you want to turn there, you find it. If not, I'll read it to you. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. The Bible says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of promise. There we go again. The word. Might be sure to how many seeds? All. If you're a believer tonight, you're a seed. God's promise is going to be sure to you. How is he going to make this sure? How can God's promises be 100%? How is it going to be sure? Not that that only which is of the law, but that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who are the fathers of us all. God's making his promises sure by faith. Faith is not something that you worked up, that you even learned. Paul said it's a gift. When the disciples were listening to the parables and they didn't understand, Jesus pulled them aside privately and said, it is given to you to know. Unto them, it is not given. We are a blessed people to know what we know tonight. But don't let Satan try to talk you out of what God has given you. One of the greatest quotes that I know of is in the church age book. And I say know of it. it, it, it it's just something important to me. It's me. It may not mean the same to you. Brother Branham made a statement. He said Satan's ministry, his job is try to get a man to reject the word of God, to turn down what God has given you. You mean he can't take it from you? No, he don't have no power to take nothing from you. Now, I want you to understand that Satan has no power to take nothing from you. His whole plan is designed to get you to give up what God gave to you. You know, if you go and look at what happened to the angels in heaven, I remember one day I was praying, I couldn't understand, and, and, and I was reading, the, reading the, uh, the book of Jude. The Bible says they left. They weren't kicked out of heaven 
because uh, 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 God didn't kick them out in that sense. And Satan didn't take their inheritance. The Bible said they left their first estate. Now, after they left their first estate, then God kicked them out. But he did not kick them out of their first estate. Their first estate was their God-given place as angels in heaven. God gave it to them and it was theirs for eternity if they would keep it. But they gave it up because Satan talked them out of it. I said, Lord, how could Satan talk an angel out of his first estate? I don't understand. God spoke and said it's very simple. They weren't content with what they had. Once a person loses their pleasure, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Lose joy in your salvation. Lose joy in serving God. Use joy, lose joy in praising him. All of a sudden, things will get, get a little gray. They're not so much stern anymore. Whether I'm at church or not or whether I'm not at church, don't matter. I can stream. Oh, you follow me. You be careful, you could be losing your estate. Satan is talking you out of it and you don't even. How did Eve lose her position as as a co-equal with Adam in the garden? She was talked out of it. Satan offered her something better. She looked at the tree and said, you know what? That ain't so bad after all. Are you following me? Why are people leaving this message after years and years and years? They've been talked out of it. They lost their confidence in it. They lost their joy in it. And they gave up their estate. Have faith in God tonight. Have faith in God and what he made you as a believer. And I'm going to try to close. You're more than you realize. But by his grace, he's bringing us to that faith. How do you know you hadn't gotten it yet, Brother Mike? Because I'm still here. The prophet told me, said, when she recognizes what she is, then the rapture will go. But I'm by perfect faith growing into that revelation. And I've got the first part. I'm a son of God. I'm an attribute of the Almighty. And what he is, I am to be in this generation. I got that much of it. And I plan on walking in that. I plan on talking in that. And when Satan comes to me, I tell him all about it too. Are you following me? But I realize there's still a little bit more to come. Because I'm still here. Let me try to finish this. I said Romans 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many. I love this. God telling Abraham what his will is. Abraham, you don't recognize it yet, but I've already done it. I've made you a father of many nations. Some of you don't recognize it yet, but you've been made by his choosing, the bride of Christ. Abraham was just an old man, wondering why he didn't have no kids. God said, I've made you a father of many nations. As it is written, I made thee a father of many nations. Now listen to this. Before him, that's God, whom he believed. When Abraham stood before God and God told Abraham what his will was to make him a father of many nations, Abraham believed it. 
But when God told Cain what his will was, Cain rejected it. Are you see what I'm getting at? God's talking to both men, but one man was willing to have something in him that can receive that pulsation. The other man rejected that pulsation. When the Holy Spirit begins to deal with your heart and pulsating on you, go do this, go do that, receive this, receive that, repent about this, make that right. Don't reject that. Say, yes, Lord, I'm not serving. Help me to go make that thing. Help me to go do whatever. If it's just to come in and say, praise me more, do that. Whatever the Holy Spirit is pulsating, yield. Don't quench the Spirit. Yield to what He's saying to you. As it is written, I made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. Even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's the quality of faith. I believe it because the word said so, not because I can see it. Listen. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. He was the father of faith because he based his expectation on what God said. Let me finish. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise. There it is, the word. Staggered not at the word through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving the glory of God, simply meaning he didn't stagger, though it didn't seem possible. His body dead, her body dead. It didn't seem possible. That didn't stagger him. Why? He said, because God said so. Brother Bill, you said that if you shoot that elk, there was going to be a grizzly bear before we get back to the camp. I can see clear back from here to the camp, two miles away. Ain't no grizzly bear in this area. Where is he going to come from? I don't know. But God said so. You see a man. That's come back to that same faith that's not resting upon human senses. Faith was perfect for one reason. He had the key to unlock the will of God. And God's will was when you go on that hunting trip that you kill that caribou on that same trip before you get back to the camp. Thus said the Lord, you shall kill a silver-tipped grizzly bear in a country where silver tips don't even live. In a hillside that you don't even see him there. Where is he coming from? God's going to put him there. Where is your deliverance coming from? God's going to put it there. Brother Mike, where is your new heart coming from? God's going to put it there. I'm trusting on him. I have no other resource. I have no other place to turn. I'm trusting on him. You do the same. Whatever your need is tonight, you do the same. You say, I need more of the Holy Ghost. I need more God in my life. Believe Him for it. You do the same. Let Him put it there. Because it's your promise as a believer. Let me finish. Being fully persuaded that what He promised, I'm closing. What He promised, He's able to perform. I took my scripture reading from Joshua 1. If you go back and read Deuteronomy 31 and compare the first few verses with Joshua chapter 1, you'll find in Deuteronomy 31 that God told Moses, tell Joshua your servant. This is what he's going to do. 
concerning the promise of this age and the people inheriting their land. After your departure, he's going to be the one that's going to take them over. He's going to be the one that divides the land. And by the way, when you tell us to Joshua, tell Joshua this. Joshua, be thou strong and of good courage. That's what God's message for Moses to Joshua. And here it is years later in Joshua chapter 1. Now what the message of the hour had declared by a prophet, now Joshua was standing facing that hour. It was not going to be down the road no more. Now was the hour where the land had to be possessed. And God told Joshua, you're the man. And what did the Holy Spirit do? He came to Joshua and only reminded him what Moses had already prophesied. We're in an hour. Well, I think we're getting ready to see greater things. We've seen great things. We're getting ready to see greater things. And God is coming to his people to remind them, to give them a perfect faith in what the prophet has already prophesied. <laughs> Listen, what the Bible has already written. Trust in it. Have confidence in it. Study it day and night. And God told Joshua, and in there you'll find faith. In there you'll find a good success. You won't be resting upon your ability, but you'll be resting upon what that prophet said. Why? What that prophet said. Because it wasn't Moses. <laughs> I say it again. It wasn't Moses. He wore a veil because there was something hidden behind the veil. And it wasn't the beard of Moses. It was the Shekinah glory of God speaking through a man. Why do I have so much confidence in this message? I don't believe that Brother Branham of his own inspiration spoke squirrels. But I believe God, Brother Bram said, he said, uh, uh, he that is in you. If you want to just listen to a message you don't have anything on your heart, listen to that one time. He that is in you. God was in a man creating, speaking, prophesying, discerning, revealing. Are you following me? Why? That you and I might have something that we can rest on. Something that we can rest on. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your word that you've given us an hour. A word that bringeth in a bride a perfect faith. Not to rest upon our ability, but to rest upon your word. Lord, I try to just yield myself tonight that you might speak to this congregation. That those that are hearing and listening... Lord, something might pulsate across their heart, their soul, to stir their faith. To let them know that they're more than mortal beings. They're not sinners in the sense of the world would think of sinners. Lord, we were born in sin for sure. And even now we still wrestle with this man of sin that we carry around. It's called a body of flesh. But Lord, inside of us, Lord, there's a predestinated seed that has the ability to hear and to recognize and to believe. And that's the one that the Holy Spirit is pulsating over. Lord, may tonight I pray that you pulsate it over this audience in such a way that they leave with a greater faith than they had when they walked in the door. Lord, my faith is stirred. Lord, I want to look to you for all things that I have need of, believing every promise that you've given us. Every head bow, every head bow. There's any here tonight that have a need of God. We're not going to call a prayer line, but if there's any that have a need of God, right where you're sitting 
you know what you have need of. Just raise your hand before God. Say, Lord, you see my hand and you see my request. Now I want you to do one thing. Say, God, show me by your word. Show me by your word where you've promised me, where you've given me an avenue, a way of escape, a provision for the thing that I have need of. And Lord, give me grace by your spirit to pulsate in me that I might believe that word. Look for him to answer you. Look for him to give you his provided way. If you don't already know it, you might already know it. Then if you do, then you just stand right there and claim it. But if you don't know the answer, say, God, give me the answer. And when he shows you, you have that key to unlock the thing that you have need of. Lord, you see the hands that are up. Lord, I'm raising my hand before you as well. Bless this congregation. Bless every hand that was humble and lifted before you because they didn't do it before Brother Mike. They did it before you. God, may your grace grant them that thing they have desire. And Lord, may there be a testimony of your trophy as a result of it. Lord, bless this congregation. Bless the bride worldwide. Lord, help us to recognize more who we are and what you've made us to be. Lord, may it become such a perfect faith, Lord, that we walk unconscious of all unbelief. We walk unconscious of Satan lying tactic, and we only walk conscious to the word of God. We thank you, Lord. We commit this life, our life, and this day, and all we are to your hands. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Brother, you can give us a song. God bless you, church. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. enjoyed it tonight. I sure did. I'm thankful for that little attribute that's down on the inside that that resonates when it hears the voice of God. It just it it excites something in you. You know, my favorite my favorite faith scripture is Galatians two twenty and I'll paraphrase it. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ and yet I live. But not I. There's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh. And that's the important part. Because we all 
live our lives in the flesh. He said, the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's not the faith that arises out of our flesh. It's not the life that arises out of our flesh. But it's that attribute down on the inside that expresses the life of Christ himself. Amen. So thankful for that. Well, God bless you. Thank you for coming. Uh, be safe as you head home tonight. Watch the roads. Conditions are going to get slippery, so be safe driving tonight. Tomorrow, God bless you. We'll see you again on the weekend. Let's just continue singing. Lord, I receive. Lord, I God bless you, you can be dismissed.